Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 23, Change. And we're obligated to tell you before we start, this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay. And we still love you. To some degree. To some degree. Uh, we're talking about today, in what is this, 20, the 23rd Three. episode. Yeah. I don't know how long I've been in the closet. I know I bring this up every time, but I'm so excited to sound like not like I'm in a big <laughs> drum. And I haven't heard any, any episodes that we've recorded where I'm not, where I have been in my closet. So I'm excited to, to know how this, how it sounds. I mean, it sounds good from my side. Love that. It sounds better. Yeah, I'm, I, I love it. I'm really like, I feel like I'm, we really got, we got momentum here. You know, we've worked a lot of things out tech, technically and, and personally, yeah. socially. Uh, <clears throat> but sort of speaking of which, I changed my environment from a big room with Echo to a small room yeah. with no echo. So today's episode. To a small room with shoes. <laughs> shoes. They're dampening. <laughs> they're dampening. The shoes are are dampening the the sounds, the ambient noise. Right. Uh, yeah. We're talking about change. Yeah, the events that made you change the way you do things. And this came out of. Uh, I was saying to you a second ago. This came out of uh, Stevel's recent piece on. It's well, by the time this comes out, it won't be <laughs> recent. Uh, one of his answers, uh, to answers in a, from a bottle, uh, someone asked how they changed their asshole friends. And your answer was basically. You don't, don't, but you can't, I mean, it's, I, I'm a big proponent or a believer in leading by example, you know, like you can't, you can't force anybody to change and you can't combat vitriol and toxicity with vitriol and toxicity, you know, yeah, I, I don't always do this in my own life, but I try to be, um, a positive influence and people say, huh, you know, maybe like, maybe I can try to be a little nicer and maybe I can try to influence change by not forcing my ideals down everybody's throats and um yeah in that question it was basically like i got you know like i got kind of conservative gun loving friends and i'm a liberal gun loving individual and how do i make them not be dicks and it really was just sort of like i don't know how they're being dicks you know are they being dicks in a way that they want to control other people's bodies 
or voting mm. rights or mm. are they dicks like you know they they fucking steal your mail or whatever you know like is it kind of innocent or is it or are they being right. like big lowercase d dick or uppercase d dick and right you can't rather ultimately you can try you can live your best life and 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 maybe people do right around you uh because of it un- unintentionally or unknowingly but change is a big uh that's a big one for me and i've been thinking a lot about this since i read the notes the other day because i always say like ah oh, virgos you know like my hate my people hate change because and it might be a component of ADHD because uh, difficulty changing tasks is one of the uh, markers, I understand. Mm-hmm. And I used to get balled out at this coffee shop I worked at uh, when I was like my second year of college because they would, you know, my managers would ask me to do something and I would be doing one thing, be counting beans or whatever I'd be doing. I would be focused on my task and then they'd ask me to switch tasks and I would get super grumpy about it. So like if I can't get off of one track when I'm, I can't get onto an, uh, one track when I'm on another, so to speak. Um, sure. And then from there, it's just like, no, you know, like if I'm comfortable in a routine, if I'm comfortable with the thing that I like, be it a type of glasses or helmet or shoes or pants or whatever the fuck, and they stop making those things. And then I have to switch my glasses or shoes or pants to some other kind. It like throws me out of whack. So that, that yeah. then, I, then I'm always just like, fuck change, fuck change, hate change. In a perfect world, you never change pants. Is that what you just said? <laughs> I wear them until they disintegrate. Yeah. But when you got that routine and you got that thing that you know works for you, Whatever it yeah. is, like, I don't know. I just like I'm a creature of habit, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think you're describing Virgos not to be uh, the guy that says things like that. But I think you're describing humans, right? Like humans don't care for change. Humans want to do what they do and think what they think and, and be left alone. And then the older you get, the the more you're like that. Mm. Yeah. Maybe so. I've never been in my memory. I've never been anything but a Virgo. So I attribute, <laughs> I attribute all my strengths and weaknesses to my astrological to, to sign. Your virgosity. Yeah. 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 So what's, what's, let's get to question one. Should we get to question one or do you want to discuss, uh, yesterday's, um, exchange about humping? Uh, oh my God, that was so long ago. Um, what was the question? What was, what were, what were we talking about? I mean, what were we talking about? What about humping? We were talking about humping yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <okay>. You, you, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We probably Before should. Before I say anything else, let me say that any kind of humping that you're doing should be consensual. Yeah. You should wait for somebody to say, please, somebody. Yeah, you should wait for someone to say, please hump me before you. Or, or, hump or them have because, a conversation like, are we both are we both into this? Yeah. Right. OK. Yeah. There's no excuse at all for. Humping someone. Without prior agreement, written, visual and, yes. and auditory consent. 
Yeah. So, and you were saying, uh, so we, uh, you were saying something like you had never, uh, even humped a Canadian. <laughs> I had never humped. I've never humped with a Canadian. No. Humped with. Yeah. Humped on. Near. Not none right. of it. Right. No. And then, so we, then we were talking about dry humping. And I was saying that the opposite. Well, what I was saying was that I have replaced the phrase dry run. Like, let's give this thing a dry run and see how it goes (laughs) with let's give this thing a dry hump and see how it stops the conversation in its tracks and allows you (laughs) to just walk away from it. That's right. And you were saying that, uh, you know, what about the term dry, a wet hump, which I said is kind (laughs) of like it was like a. It's like you're already saying like humping is already, you know, in general, humping already is wet humping. Like that's just a physiological response. So their dry humping is in and wet. You don't have to. Humping is is already it's already implied. But I think if you say wet hump, it really brings home to both parties what's at stake. That's that's what I'm saying. Humping, humping sounds so like teenage innocent. But if you say wet hump, well, that oh, well, suddenly I think if you're going to bring if you're going to bring that up, you need to say like an act. It's it's if you're going to say wet hump, you need to say extra wet hump. Because then that like a uh, hump is already wet and you say extra wet and then it just takes it to the next level. So I think there's 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 air humping, dry humping, oh. humping yeah. and then extra wet humping. And those that should be <laughs> extra wet. humping. Yeah, <laughs> those should be the four uh, the four variations. So let, let me just expand on this a little bit. There's air guitar. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then the, but there's. What is there a difference between dry guitar and wet guitar? Uh, there's no Air. the guitar wolf. Well, guitar wolf, I think, is a musician. I've seen him play in the rain. That would oh, yeah. be wet guitar, like definitely wet guitar. Definitely risking electrocution. electrocution. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So no, there's just air. There's just regular guitar and regular guitar and, and air, air guitar. guitar. Air hump, but then many flavors or of different kinds other of humping. humping, as we've decided today. Yeah. So again, tackling the big issues right out of the gate, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Please incorporate this into your daily life. Oh, extra wet. All right. Extra wet humping. So first, Let's give this whole new format first, thing we have a dry hump and see how it goes. <laughs> this is question one. This is technically like an actual run. There's not, this is just a hump because we're actually, Oh, this is just, just a hump. Already, this is a, doing it. This is a wet where wet is understood. Hump. Yeah. Of the podcast. Yeah, this is a hump. Okay. Uh, it is notoriously difficult to change people's minds about things. But I mean, it, 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 it depends on the individual. It depends on the topic. It depends on what the person's made their mind up about. You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's notoriously difficult. Anyway, first, what sorts of things have you changed your mind about? And second, what got you to change your mind? Yeah, what have you changed your mind about? Personally, uh, Jesus. Well, the last couple of years have been um pretty thick with change for me. Like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of had to change my mind about what my future looked like. 
you know, that's a big one. Mm. Um, right. And it was what I'd always thought my future looked like. And maybe it, maybe it still might. I have to change my mind about, um, uh, I have to change my mind about, uh, committing to any one idea of what I want. Mm. Um, and knowing that what I want might not be what I get. And, and I was cool with that before I got what I wanted and then I lost what I wanted. So I've got to be super flexible about that, which is uncomfortable. Um, uh, certainly like I can't just run my body a million miles an hour without maintenance. So I've had to change my mind about how to take care of myself. Um, and I'm not taking care of myself for anybody but me. And that's the big, (laughs) that, that's interesting. I, I recently uh, ordered a T-shirt from the All Hail the Black Market marketplace. Uh, and that T-shirt, which is still available, folks, uh, came to me with a sticker, a decal that said, live fast, die whenever. And I think that that's kind of what you're talking about. You had to change the way you take care of your body in that sort of because at some point you're you can't die young anymore. <laughs> so well, all things being, I mean, I'm a lot younger than a hundred year old. So you know, all things being relative, I guess. I guess that's right. But yeah, I mean, you know, live fast. Do you know, hmm. do take chances? But also, I suppose the older we get, the more we have to. Um, uh, take into consideration consequences and <sighs> you know, it, it's like sucks a lot more to like blow yourself out. And then you, um, have to wake up the next day and, you know, go to work or whatever. <laughs> like it, uh, there's a little yeah. bit more, there's a little bit more, <laughs> a little, a little, a little less elasticity, let's say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I, I suppose that that applies. Yeah. Um. Wh- and so, what kinds of things have made you change your mind, your approach? Uh, I don't know priorities. what. <clears throat> what when you get older, you know, like you just uh, things come a little bit more into focus. I think you become a little bit more reasonable or a little more methodical in the way you do things or the way you move through life. Uh, I probably have told the story about separating my pinky toe. Have I told that story? <laughs> no, let's, let's have I it. I think I did in an episode or two ago. So I'm like, my ex is in the bathroom and she's telling me that I need to, I'm sure I've told this story before. I have to move through life. She's suggesting that I move through life a little more gracefully, you know, channel my inner dancer and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, that seems reasonable. That seems like a good idea. Cause I've always just kind of gone, you know, like a hundred miles an hour into everything, which is, there's no delicate, no delicacy there. There's no, um, grace. There's no mindfulness of like outcome. If you, Mm. you know, you can put this into, to uh bicycling terms uh you're going to be riding single track you've got to be a little bit methodical you know 
uh, if it's really tricky, really technical, you can't ride as fast as you possibly are physically able through these trails. You got to be a little bit more mindful, right? Or, right. Like, less you, less, lest you pitch yourself off the edge. So I was just flow is fast. Yeah. I was kind of pitching myself off a lot of edges and yeah. And I think that that's been something that I've had to address. I mean, change isn't inherently bad, right? Like, no, I think it's inherently good. You, but you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to, I mean, personally, I don't want to change too much too fast because it's like, I, I need to get used to the variations in life. And, um, I guess I just tend to move. That's the one area in my life that I move a little bit slowly on. Uh, I have the challenge that I'm attracted to extremes. Uh-huh. So if I change something, I want to change it completely. Um, I wonder if that's something specific to gender. Because I know a lot. Instead of like, hey, could you turn that from uh, three to five? And you're like, yeah, fuck it. How about 11? If five is good, then <laughs> twice as much has got to be better, you know? Right, right, right. I know a lot of Well, I have that addict that. personality. Mm-hmm. I have that addict personality, and I think the addict personality is like, oh, if I go jogging, I have to run an ultra marathon. Right. And if I, right. And if I get a burrito, I'm going to get the one that's like the size of a baby if they offer that. Yeah. Because, um, so when I change things, like uh, I th- there was a time when I was a, a teenaged person and I did that thing where I grew my hair out because I feel like everybody has to do that. And my dad was all aggro with me about, oh, you, your hair is stupid. You need a haircut, blah, blah, like a blah, blah, blah. So I shaved my head and he was like, what the fuck? Do you, why would you shave your head? And I was like, you have to decide what you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I that's. I totally, I totally get that. Like, yeah, this whole fucking move to Washington state, it's like, well, I think, you know, I think we need to part ways. I think you, you know, air quote, somebody needs to move out. And I was like, well, duh, like who the fuck is that going to be? Of course that's going to be me. So instead of being methodical about it, I just went and I was like, I got to get rid of everything. I have to, I can't right. I have to sell my truck. I have to get rid of all my bikes. I have to get rid of all my clothes. I have to get rid of everything except for a few books and some art yep. supplies. And then I guess I'm just going to go and live. And this was a logic. This seemed like a logical fucking choice to me is to go to, um, uh, that's the fucking, what's the name of that goddamn town? Where's the, the grinduro, uh, happen? Every year, uh, the 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 big Giro gravel like mixed terrain thing. Oh yes, you know the town. So it's kind of in the Sierras yes. a little bit. Yeah. So I was looking, right. I was looking at property up there, and I was like, well, I'll just buy an acre. You know, like I can get an acre for a reasonable amount of money. I'll buy a bear box, and I'll live in my truck, and I will have thrown everything <laughs> away, and I will totally isolate myself from anybody and any resources and any mental health support, and like that's it. My life's this life is done. So that's it. That's the end of the fucking story for me. So, I mean, that was how out of my head I was about this. Like I was just going to go live in the woods. That seemed reasonable. I can't, there's no happy medium. There's no in between. 
any plant has to start with a bear box, probably. Dude, it's so right? fucked. It's <laughs> like, so fucked. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't even begin to describe the the post traumatic or just the traumatic t- stress that was involved in this whole thing. I've been reflecting on this so much these last six months for sure. But like everything, loss of friends, loss of community, loss of home, loss of what I imagined my future to be loss of partner. Most prominently, it just, Mm. I was like, I got to fucking run away, you know? And I've described it like when animals are wounded, they go fucking hide. And that was all I could reasonably that was the only way I could reasonably respond was, of course, I'm going to go live in the woods. I got to buy a bear box, Fuck, man. And, uh, <laughs> and it's see, it's it's like it's funny to say that now. But to think sure, 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 like, sure. the mania was so palpable at that point in my life, that seemed like a sensible thing to do. Like that just shows you how fucking distraught I was. So absolutely yeah, change. Yeah, man. Like you were a wounded animal and you needed to retreat. I get that. And I think I think like most of what I know about change has come from um, I did a bunch of years in Alcoholics Anonymous um, where it it is famously said that pain motivates change. Mm. You know, like basically you get sober when you've had enough pain, Um, which is a thing that I definitely I definitely buy like I make changes, big ones and little ones, right? I make big ones and little ones based on like, oh, I've been eating like garbage and I feel terrible. That's it. I'm eating nothing, but I'm cutting sugar. I'm nothing but vegetables for the next eternity. Maybe I'll be a vegan as obnoxious as that is, or I'm going to do, you know, like I'm going to like yank the wheel. Well, as an, uh, but it, as an addict, excuse me, but, but somebody with like addict tendencies, like, like you said, you're, you are hardwired for extremes, you know, because right. that's how I, obviously like you don't get to a point where you hit the bottom, you're, you're kind of hit right. the bottom rung of your proverbial ladder and be like, Okay, now I got to make a fucking change. Like your life has to, the bottom has to fall out of it before you decide that that's something that you need to do. Right, so and I and I sense. think when the when the when you hit bottom, it doesn't really um, like small changes don't really uh, seem like the right moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, God, I drank I drank eighteen beers last night, and I forgot my name, and I woke up in a place I didn't. Maybe I'll try 17 tonight. Moderation, you know, like moderation isn't a big uh, that's not a uh, like a prominent component in in your personality. I don't I don't reckon. No, no, it's not. It needs to be more. I need like the things that I need to do are to moderate my behavior and slow down. Those are the things. And that actually that was the other big change I wanted to talk about, because I used to ride my bike like a real asshole. And then I got hit by a car and I changed that (laughs) too. And that was like, you know, this is bike content. So it's, this is box office. I know, but, uh, that was definitely actually a huge positive revelation for me is that I didn't, when I got on my bike, I didn't need to get from point A to point B at, at my absolute 
limit of, you know, speed and whatever. Right. Um, and that's got, I think that's kind of a young person's game too, on top of being, uh, having a personality that's one of extremes, yeah. like being a yeah. young person, you and you're, you're, so, you know, you're playing with invincibility. Yep. You're playing with youthful vigor slash anger slash angst. Yeah. Whatever. So huge ego. Yeah. That too. Hey, can you yeah. hear real quick? Are you like, you just, your audio just got all weird. Can you hear that? Or is it just on my end? Uh, it's just on your end. Mm. Do I sound extra sexy? Uh, it's kind of robot ironically. Oh, well, yeah. It's a little, there's accurate. a little buzz. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. All right. Maybe. Sure. We'll be fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's not sustainable at all either. No. No, and I discovered that uh, bouncing off the front quarter panel of a Volvo wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Hard lesson. It was definitely a hard lesson. Well, and it took like a year, too. I got hit, and then I was was hurt for like a month, and then I was enraged for like a year. And I was like... And it was just, you know, I, I lived my bike. I lived my bike. I lived my life on the bike. So I was enraged when I was riding. And I was like, I can't be this angry all the time. This is terrible. Yeah. What is going on? And I realized, oh, finally, I, I realized like, oh, I'm fucking terrified. Uh, I'm terrified. And so any car that like dares show itself in my presence, I'm I am like, I'm at. 11 conflict mode all the time. Yeah. And it's because I'm scared. And then I was like, okay, well, how can I get less scared? Well, you could slow down and you could not take the main traffic route all the time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you could drive on slower streets and just, what if it takes 50, like theoretically you like riding bikes. If you spent an extra 15 minutes doing your commute or whatever it is you're doing. They're only good outcomes. And so that's how all that changed. But I think, I think the root of that is like this ego that when I was riding my bike, people shouldn't get in my way. Right. That's my way. Don't, don't drive in my way. Don't ride your bike in my way. Get out of my way. Actually being, As if, you're, be, you're being offended by anyone else even existing in your yeah. field of vision. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember I Doesn't got into ev- it with a truck, to, a delivery driver uh, boxed me in between the sidewalk and a, in his truck when I was messengering and, uh, we got into it and he was this big Samoan guy. And I was like, well, this guy's going to fucking pummel me. And it was, he was definitely being a prick, you know, and the security and all the staff at this, this building. So they were like, mm, we didn't see anything, you know, so yeah. I had a call is the one 800 number. And I was like, Hey, this driver is kind of a liability. But then, you know, it occurred to me at this point, like I can, I don't, there's not enough time in the day, you know, like I've got tags burning in my bag And even if I was able to beat this guy up, like I wouldn't have necessarily beat the asshole out of him. 
<laughs> it's not like he's going to like come to you on the sidewalk and be like, oh, okay, yep, lesson learned. I better be a better person. <laughs> right. And then there's going to be another asshole uh, a half a block away. And then another asshole a half block away. And maybe around the same time, I heard this story uh, on the Embarcadero in San Francisco's car, student car pulled over, actually fired a shot at a bike rider. I don't know if it was a messenger or not. Missed the bike rider and hit this other woman who was jogging. I didn't kill her, mm. but I was like, holy shit, man, how quickly things escalated between uh, none of these people even knowing that the other existed to one of them right. trying to erase another one of them from humanity, you know, like, right, right. And, right. you know, somebody fucking cut somebody off. Somebody flipped somebody off. Somebody spit on somebody. And then it just went. Meep, 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 meep. And then all of a sudden this woman who's just taking a fucking lunch run now yeah. has been shot in the leg. And I was like, fuck, not, not even worth it. You know, like, and that was no. like, a, that was kind of the big, the biggest game changer for me. Like then I kind of switched up my whole approach. And if somebody did, cut me off or somebody did act a fool in traffic and I was able to catch up with them to level the playing field and be like, Hey, you know, probably didn't see me back there, but I just got to let you know, like, just like you, my family wants me to come home tonight in one piece. So it's a little bit of a veiled threat, but it's also putting you each on the same playing field. Like you have people who love you, who want to see you get home in one piece safe and sound. I have people who love me who want to see me get home safe in one piece. Um, so if you could please just check your mirrors, you know, be a little more aware of what's going on around you. It's never failed. Nobody ever, like I said, you can't combat vitriol with vitriol. So going up mm. to a window and being like, Hey, fuck you. It's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. make anybody back down, you know? So like, yeah. Okay, there's a change. Like that's something that I recognized that I I think that requires e I think it's all like ego deflation, right? Like you have to shrink the size of yourself in order to make room for other people. And so even if someone wrongs you, you have to go into whatever that conflict is with an ego small enough that they're allowed to exist. Right. And also I have to say that you know when people have um esophageal cancer and they put the little thing up to their neck and they sound like sure. that. that's how you sound yeah. now oh i have a good friend who sounds like that all the time because she 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 had she has that thing yeah i can okay let's uh let's stop this and then hit record again this is oh sorry we had, a, <laughs> we, we, we had a technical difficulty that maybe it'll get edited out and the transition will be so smooth that nobody will even know. But what were we talking about? Uh, change. We, you were talking about change. We were talking about how, uh, you know, your ego has to get small so other people's egos can also exist. Um, yeah. And I think also, you know, the smaller my ego is, the more open I am to, like, better ideas. It's when I'm like, well, I know because I'm smart. That might be, the ego might be humanity's greatest, one of humanity's greatest flaws. Is it sure. Eckhart Tolle, I think, talks about the ego? I think it's Eckhart Tolle. Tolle? I don't know how you pronounce this. I think name. Tolle. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it's, and it's bigger in some, smaller in others, but yeah. you almost, it's almost like you, 
are a little more uh oh you're almost a little more evolved if you can stop and say like okay well i'm gonna deflate the shit out of my ego to make room for yours so that we can get through this exchange without anybody getting hurt yeah i mean i think that's true about uh interpersonal conflict but i think it's also true like inside my own head I have to be, I just have to be okay with being less sure about the things that I believe. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And I think that's where positive change is possible and comes from. Uh, It's when I'm like, maybe I'm not the smartest and I should entertain some new ideas. I think we've spent 23 episodes proving how not incredibly clever i am (laughs) and i don't mean that to be like self-deprecating i'm dumb i'm not dumb but uh you know yeah well there's you know there's it's almost it's almost like uh when you put it that way it makes me realize that maybe some of us combat our own ego by Again, it's it's a thing of extremes. Like I can't recognize that I'm a decent human being. I can't recognize that I have not vast intellect, but I'm no slouch. I'm a good person, you know, and only in the last couple of years have I been able to to say begin to recognize that, like, I'm a I'm a decent person. And I like myself because to to you have to go to the other side of the spectrum and be like, well, clearly I'm a piece of shit. Clearly I'm stupid. Clearly I'm this. Clearly I'm that. You say that enough times, you begin to believe it. You end up, you know, renting these grooves in your brain and it can be super self-destructive. And I've gone down this fucking road for so long because I couldn't ever just say like, yeah, well, maybe, you know, like maybe it's okay to to. To, to say nice things about yourself. It's not egomaniacal to love yourself. No, in fact, I someone told me that that super harsh, um, self-deprecating thing is its own kind of egomania. Interesting. Okay. Because with the idea that like, well, you you know, you're not the best. So therefore, you're the worst. Right. It's all about this story where you're this very intense you like you occupy your whole thing. I mean, the truth is we're we're we are almost every single one of us bang average. You know, we're 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 just regular people, you know, with some flavor and some variation. But you don't have to be like a Nobel Prize winner or, you know, Jackman. You mean, are we talking about Hugh Jackman? We are talking about the huge (laughs) Ackman. (laughs) Yeah, he's so good. We don't all have to be. Uh, that's a really interesting. That's a really interesting concept. I've I've never thought of. I've never thought of it from that. Well, this is the thing before. with addicts, right? Addicts all have this idea that they're the worst. They're the worst, and it's this egomaniacal. Like the whole story is about me being bad. It's this whole thing where I am the villain in all of the stories. It's still ego. It's still like putting yourself first. Um, it's okay. Just back out. Uh, you're fine. You're regular. Uh, that's a less compelling story and it's a less hard to build an identity around 
Oh, damn. But it's more accurate. Interesting. Sorry. Uh, well, I'm the I'm fucking average as shit. I'm b- the best <gasps> at being a- average. You're beautifully average. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's a that's interesting. That's interesting. It's never I've never looked at it like that before, and um, that gives me some food for thought today. Yeah, just be okay with you being okay. Oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's yeah. taken me a long time to get to this place, but yeah. Okay. I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. I mean, my wife uh, calls me out in this garbage all the time where I'm either the best or the worst. You know, she told me on my birthday, she told me I was kind and I was like, kind. You think I'm kind? And she's like, yeah, I think you're really kind. Just take the compliment. It's a regular compliment. Just you you kick her in the shin or put some gum in her hair or something. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'll show you kind. Uh, I, so I wonder, you know, like I beginning to learn about myself here as, as I have these, it's been a pretty steep learning curve the last, I'll say, uh, we'll say five, we'll say three and a half years, four years, let's say four years. Like, okay. I have done a little bit of time in AA. I have learned about addictive personalities. I have been in 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 intervention in an intervention, but hearing you talk about qualities, and I know you can't like nobody can put a blanket statement and like addicts respond this way, or you know it's all general. We're speaking in generalities. I I wonder if, and again, I don't know that much about ADHD either. But are there like are addicts and People with ADHD, like, is there a Venn diagram where all of these? I think so. Personality types kind of meet in the middle. Yeah, I think actually talking about them as distinct issues doesn't make a ton of sense. I think, you know, they're all they all overlap and share behaviors and attitudes uh, in some ways. And you could say, like, like for me to say, oh, I'm I have had depression all my life. And also, separately, I'm an alcoholic. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Those are the same thing in a lot of ways. Like alcoholism, in a way, is a behavior or addiction is a behavior, right? It is, but not exclusively, as I understand it. There is a physiological component. To <laughs> sure, sure, well. sure. But it manifests itself as a behavior. Like if I don't. There's a, you know, people always are are like, oh, you don't drink anymore. Why do you say you're an alcoholic? Well, what I'm not, I'm not talking about alcoholic behavior. I'm talking about the underlying dynamic, which is made up of depression and ADD and, you know, growing up an entitled, you know, middle class white guy. And, you know, it's made up of all of these sort of like ingredients. And so... As we get older and we slow down and we start to pick them apart and like detach our ego from various parts of him, like it once I said like, oh, I'm not the most terrible this anymore. Well, then my behavior changed a little because I wasn't I wasn't trying to manifest being some tough guy or I wasn't trying to manifest. Other things or or I'd. or I cottoned onto the fact that I wasn't entitled to have a private bike lane between my house and wherever I was going. 
you know, like, yeah. so you, you start to like pull back from shit you thought you were entitled to stuff about yourself that you thought was just, well, that's just how I am. I mean, that's not just how you are. You're a person mm. who walks until you lose both legs and then you're a person who rolls. I mean, you know, you can't be too attached to like the various parts of you. Oh, man, that's a rough one. But yeah, I guess sorry, that was a terrible it, example, but no, but I, I mean, it's the only the only constant is the only constant is change. So, yeah, you're not guaranteed to have all of your faculties forever you're not guaranteed to have this life it's hard to say okay well you know universe is is just chaos so because i have a house and i have you know some degree of of security doesn't mean i'm gonna have it tomorrow and there's so much insecurity right in there's so much insecurity in that for me to recognize that there is no security you're not guaranteed anything you know, because I'm a creature of habit, because I'm, uh, uh, because I, I don't like change because I want to have some kind of a semblance of, of, um, consistency to say, well, I have this today, but tomorrow who fucking knows? Why are you even working today? Why? You know, right. it's like, again, it's, 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 Let's see if I can even bring this all the way back around, but you know, to live each day, like it's your last, like, would I be doing what I'm doing today? If I was guaranteed not to have a tomorrow, right? Fuck no. Right. But because I might have a tomorrow, I do the thing today. So you got to strike this happy medium. Like, well, am right. I going to have a partner? Am I going to have a family? Am I going to have a roof over my head? Yeah. Maybe not. So right. how do I live? It's it's fucked, man. I mean, the more <laughs> the more I think about it, the more the more crazy I feel. Well, I mean, I think the things that you just said that stuck out for me are, you know, you talked about insecurity. Nothing nothing makes me want to do something more than that feeling of insecurity. So when I feel insecure, I want to do something to feel secure. You know, when I was drinking, I would get drunk because then I stopped actually feeling insecure. And and as a non-drinking person, you know, I will do all kinds of things to feel more settled, more safe, more whatever. Um, I think that's where a lot of the, the shitty behavior comes from is like this need, this really deep need for security. And I'm not mm. saying it's bad or 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 that it doesn't make sense or that you shouldn't have security. I'm just saying that when you when you really feel threatened, that's when your behavior goes nuts. I wonder if in a, you know, sort of a universal sense, because everybody is kind of living under threat right now, the mm. environmental threat, political threat, mm. <clears throat> um, health threat to our well-being, personal yeah. well-being and, and communal well-being, like it's no wonder people are having tantrums and laying down on the floor in protest at oh, yeah. Costco or completely coming unglued on airplanes. And then, you know, the rest of us sit back very judgmentally and be like, Oh, savages. You know, of course <laughs> they taped that man to his seat in his airplane. Hilarious. What a douchebag. Sure. I'm glad I'm above that, you know, but we're all kind of 
we're we're all in this like heightened sense of survival yeah. mode right now. Absolutely. People I and, agree with are having crazy tantrums and people I disagree with are having crazy tantrums. Yeah. And I don't I don't I'm not trying to, you know, you can get into false equivalency, right? Like you should not be assaulting people on airplanes. <laughs> Check. Yeah. There there's a there is a bar yeah. there that that, you know, shouldn't be or a line that shouldn't be crossed. It's it's civility. It's like yeah, being a functioning member of it's being acting like a fucking grown up. It know? is. But we're in we are in a large scale mental health crisis. Oh, big time. Based on everyone feeling frightened. Yeah. Uh, all the time. And it's everyone from people who are frightened of getting an illness that uh could be potentially terrible for them. Uh, to people feeling like their way of life is being um, erased. Uh, and that could be, you know, Native Americans who feel like they're, for legitimate reasons, feel like their uh, life and culture are being erased. Or it could be white Americans who are like, if we give everyone equal access, we won't have all the stuff that we used to have. And, right. you know, I, ha I happen to disagree with that point of view, but I understand that that's their fear. Yeah. Mm. I didn't mean to blow it up like that. Oh, man. I don't even. Yeah. And I don't even know. Like. I don't even. It just it's it just makes me want to stay inside for forever <laughs> you know there's been days since i've been here that i haven't gotten you know it was early on in my move but like you know i didn't get out of bed for I like feed myself and then get back into bed and it was like that for you know days the first time you and i talked uh leading up to starting this podcast you were like oh i've kind of been in bed for three days yeah listening to one planes mistaken <laughs> for stars album right and then I realized I was like, God, I really love this album. And if I fuck this record up for me myself, because right. I'm just going to listen to it and be like, oh, there's that black cloud. Right. Uh, so I had to put the brakes on that. Smart. And I've listened to it some since. And it, there, it, there are tinges of that <laughs> associated with it. But right. I still don't really know up from down. So. Um, I'll have to circle back on that one in a year or so and see how I feel. An old guy in an AA meeting once said to me, you know, John, basically, when you're out in the world, you need to treat everybody like they've got a broken heart. OK, kid. Mm. Just treat them like like they got a broken heart. Fuck. That's good. Yeah. Well. I murdered his accent, but that, that <laughs> that's uh, no, what he that, said. That's, that's actually really beautiful because it's something that's relatable to all of us. It's something that's yeah. wholly relatable to me. And I wonder if there's like, I feel like be the term imp, to be an empath, I feel yeah. like that has just gotten fucking buried murdered abused. and buried yeah. and dug up and abused and buried yeah. again in the yeah. last year but to be empathetic to people around you and to be sympathetic if it's something that is relatable i think this is the definition sympathy is feeling feeling feelings for someone's 
uh, experience because it's something that you've experienced yourself. And empathy is feeling feelings based on the fact that you're a sensitive person. And maybe you haven't experienced it yourself, but you can recognize the impact of whatever the person is feeling. Yeah. And so, um, you know, to be an empathetic, a sympathetic empath is fucked. But it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, that's what I think that's what that guy was saying. Like, yeah, whether you've had a broken heart and you know how hard that is, or you've never had a broken heart, but you can imagine how hard that is to approach everyone as if their experience, what you know or imagine to be, that's, that's huge. I love that. That's great. Yeah. It only took us 23 episodes to come out with something <laughs> good, though. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I just repeated <laughs> so what someone smart said. Uh, how, how often, how often, this is question two, how often are you supposed to change your sheets and your towel? Oh, God. Uh, weekly? I, I do weekly. Weekly sheets? Uh, yeah. I just read an article that said, it was like 80% of the people polled said that they changed, like they wash their bedding like, once every six months or something Ooh, it just yeah. fucking gross however when i didn't i mean even even when i didn't have laundry i was still washing my bedding once once a week i mean in your case you're often covered in mustard or blood so <laughs> uh yeah it, but it just feels so good to get into a clean bed i agree like, that's I agree. I don't think I'm doing once a week. I might be like every two weeks. My wife will be irritated that I'm saying that. Yeah. Uh, gross. Yeah, gross. But and often, often there is like blood on my side of the bed for no, for like reasons I can't all all the time. I just looked at a pillowcase on my bed the other day, and there's a bunch of blood on it. I have no fucking idea where that came from. Right. Like I am not for sure. Well, not for sure, for sure. But there, there might be a couple spots on my arms that are, that are bleeding. <laughs> like a little, a little bit. But but this was on my pillow, so it looked like I had some kind of a face wound. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like spots. It was like trails. And I, I don't know. I have no idea where that came from. Uh, funny story. So I've always been a bit of a bleeder. <laughs> I like, know. I'm, yeah, constantly bleeding It's from somewhere. And um, my buddy Dave Strunk, who he's the pentabike guy. Mm-hmm. In Denver, uh, we were in high school, and one day he like looks at his shoulder. And he's like, "Fuck, dude, I'm, I got blood on me." And I was like, "Whoa, what's where's that from?" And then he and then he looked, and like I had blood on my elbow, and he's like, "Oh, fuck!" Like, and then I was like, "Where'd that come from?" And then I looked at like the back of his hand or something. And then he had blood there, and then we like <laughs> traced it down to. I was the one who was bleeding, but I had like transferred it to several parts of both my body and his. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Um, uh, and there was another time when I was in Germany and I had, I was staying with this woman and her mom. I, oh, and this actually opens up to another fucking sweet story. Um, I had gotten jumped in Amsterdam and I'd gotten in a fight with these junkies who tried to rob me and my neck got cut in the skirmish and I was pretty, I think I had some kind of staph infection cause I was like, sleeping in bushes or at skate parks or, you know, under ramps like I, and it was winter time. So I was sleeping outside or on trains and not feeding myself well, cause I didn't have any money. 
total hobo. And um, by the time I got to Germany, I had this huge abscess on my neck and my knees were bloody and um, they let me stay there. And I just annihilated their sheets. <laughs> like when I, when I left this woman's house, uh, there is just, I just bled on fucking everything. I was like, thank you. Did you feel you know? guilty at the time or you, were you like, Merp, that's what happens? Uh, I, I felt guilty because they opened their home to me and they were so super nice to me. Yeah. I'd met her originally at the beginning of my trip, like months earlier, I'd met her on a train leaving Cologne, Germany, going to Copenhagen. Mm. And um, she was like, oh, my mom, my mom and I live in uh, Hamburg. So come, you can come and stay with us when you get back into town because my flight was leaving from Frankfurt, I guess. So I needed a couple of days like in Germany before I left. So they, they let me stay. But her so her dad had just had a nervous breakdown. I guess not very long before and like throwing himself out the second floor window. He didn't die. He just, you know, he just, it was not a real tall flat. So he just basically fell like 10 feet. And, um, and so he was, he'd been institutionalized. So it was just this woman and her mom and her mom, uh, was really pretty. And both of these women were very pretty, but her mom, one day this woman had to go work in the, in the, market and sell candles or whatever she did for a living. And she was like, so you and my mom can go to see the museums and the university. And so basically I just spent the day with her mom who didn't speak any English and my German was not very good. So we just like looked at paintings and, you know, nodded and smiled and walked around and had a coffee or had lunch or whatever. It was really nice day, but it was, you know, she was kind of showing me around the town and kind of like encouragement. Hey, look, it would say like, look, look. And then we go look at some other cool stuff or some architecture or park or whatever. And we're sitting on a park bench at the end of the day, just sitting there in silence and no shit. And what to my ear sounded like perfect English. She said, have you ever seen the graduate? And I was like, What? <laughs> Uh, and I was kind of stymied, you know, I was like, dude, that's the, the, the one fucking thing you said to me, I, I, you know, and because I was an idiot, I, I totally missed my opportunity. I was like, yeah, I I have. And I loved it. I loved the movie and it was great. And she's like, kind of gets a sort of like half smile. And she's like, Hmm. And that was the end of the exchange. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? Not even a dry hump. That's like the beginning of a penthouse forums letter. Like I never it thought it would happen to me, but That's right. you know, and I never thought it happened to me. And then when it did the, the, the potential, the possibility finally presented itself, maybe, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know why else would you bring it up, but I was like, sure. maybe that's the only American movie she'd ever seen or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And I, I fucking blew it. I, yeah, I loved it. But like, how do you clo- how would you close a situation like that? Me, I wouldn't. How would, I'm how totally would clueless when all these uh, things happen. But uh, I relate very hard to what you just said. Like just, actually, years in retrospect, thinking, what did she say? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I can like that's I, I don't have a lot of like big life's regrets, but that's one, huh? Not maneuvering 
screw that. I mean, fuck, if anybody even said that to me now, of course, I'm old as fuck. And anybody right. who'd be saying that to me would be like 70 years old. Hey, did you see Apocalypse Now? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Uh, yeah so anyway that was my that was my last experience in germany after bleeding all over her sheets <laughs> okay so weekly i'm gonna pick up my sheet my sheet wandering uh, yeah uh, habits. yeah yeah it feels good i mean it's easy you know it's i agree whatever. getting into a, a a like a fresh i make my bed every day that's an unpopular um thing a lot of people i've been had been made fun of for making my bed every day but i can't stand getting into a messy bed i you know when i was a kid my mom and i was and i had a fucking sheet and a blanket and like two pillows like it's not that much to make you get at the foot yeah. you grab the sheet and the blanket shoop and you pull it back and it'll take a second but shoop. you know my yep. my argument was always like well i'm gonna get in it in it at the end of the day and mess it up anyway so what's the fucking point well that but, goes to the towel argument right like why ever change your towel you only use it when you're clean because it starts to smell oh mildewy. i know the real reason <laughs> yeah yeah the thing that like i don't i don't wash my duvet i maybe wash my duvet i don't even touch my duvet really you know because i got like a sheet and a blanket and then my yeah. duvet with a comforter in it and i swear to god a duvet is a thing that a woman invented because every woman i know is super good at putting a comforter in a duvet and with me it's like carrying a dead body down a flight of stairs it is the hardest goddamn thing and i'm like holding my arms out and trying to find the corners and then i get i'm all tangled up in the duvet it is a total fiasco i am really really bad at it but i'm trying to understand right now whether our listeners can relate more to the difficulty of putting a, du a duvet on a comforter or carrying a dead body down a flight of stairs. Well, maybe not a dead body, but you, have you ever had to carry a futon? I mean... Like, they're unwieldy as shit. That's yeah. my point. And I've tried just to move like bodies, not dead, uh, but, you know, like, if someone goes dead weight and you try to... yeah. I have also yeah. put a comforter in a duvet, but just to get take this full circle again, when the, your argument for not changing the duvet isn't just that it's not difficult, but that you are never really touching it because not you really. have on like the sheet as a condom between you and the duvet. A sheet and a blanket. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, now that we've had this conversation, it has been a little bit of time. And one of my things that I do in the morning these days is I wake up and I ordinarily, I like to make, I drink a pint of lemon water mm. and then I follow that with celery juice and that's like good liver cleanse stuff. And then I make coffee and I have some breakfast of some sort, some granola or something, but I haven't had any celery for a while. And uh, so I just drink the lemon water. And then I make coffee and a breakfast and I get back into bed because it's all warm and toasty in there. And I, like I'll watch some cartoons or something. <laughs> and so I've got like breadcrumbs all over my bed. Oh, yeah. And like avocado stains on my duvet and shit. So, I mean, today is going to be the day that I will clean my bedding. Yeah, maybe so, I'm yeah. going to go get on that myself. But we, get, we, have to do, we have to do question three before we go. Okay. Which is this week's Would You Rather? <laughs> Oh, and would you rather, everybody knows would you rather. This was a favorite game at the bike shop 
My God, it was so, the best. So I wrote this one and I, I tried to eliminate all reference to sex or feces. I'm trying to keep it, you know, because I think those are the go to on the on the would you rather. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all the ones I'm aware of. Sure. So this week's would you rather is would you rather eat nothing but corn on the cob for a year or have to shout all your conversations in public? So that means like, you know how you talk to people at a bar when it's really loud? Yeah. Basically, anytime you leave the house, that's the volume you have to speak in. Uh, I would I was uh, I would go with corn, I think. I mean, it. see, this is the problem is that you'd end up being. A year is so hard, and it's not just because you'd be tired of eating corn, but I don't think that you'd be able to survive. Like I don't think there's enough. Yeah, yeah. Let's right? assume like nutrition needs, isn't an issue. It's just like the issue of fuck. I got to eat corn again for three hundred and sixty-five days. Yeah, God, that would make you go but crazy. You had, but I don't think it'd make you go as crazy as having to yell everything all the time. I'd like a medium coffee. Yeah. And then it's the people that you're interacting with and they'd be bummed with you. Like that would have lasting effects <laughs> on everybody around you. And I yeah. think that I would probably, yeah, I go with the corn if we're not, but that's kind of the deal is you have to, you have to speak nutritionally as well, you know? Okay. Oh, you're saying no false. Yeah, it's not like, well, you can eat corn, but it's not like you're still getting all of your vitamins. You know, okay. that that takes it. It's like the, uh, would, you know, would you rather eat a whole, like a overcooked steak and a glass of whole milk for every meal for six months or a year or whatever? Or this other thing, whether you're dancing. I think that was one. You dance everywhere you go. Like <laughs> if you're at your Graham Graham's funeral and you're right. dancing, like as long <laughs> as you're standing, you're dancing. Yeah. And um, or you eat a steak and, and whole milk. And I think... You know, that would that would put you in an early grave. So I'm going to say I'm going to say corn. I'm going to go you'd with corn. The, you'd eat the corn. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I, I don't know. I think I might. Sh- I mean, I shout a fair amount of my conversations anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a phone shouter. I might be a uh-huh. shouter on this podcast that I don't even know. I don't think so. Not really. All right. So you go. You, I'd what? shout. I think I'd shout. I think I think it, it would. You know, I don't love um, interacting with people and I feel like it might be the right uh, might be the right level of deterrent for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's um, that's fucked up, man. I mean, I guess if you were like on a ride with somebody, you're kind of you're kind of shouting. Yeah, you would just adjust your environment. But then you'd get like you'd get. Kind of a sore throat, probably. People like would be really bummed with you. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> uh, okay. And there's ways around it, too. Uh, I mean, if we're going to. You can put a little dry erase board around your neck. Oh, yeah. So that you can write messages. You don't have to speak, you know? Yeah, you um, could be like, oh, I'll just email you. And everyone would be like, Cool. Mm. which is sort of perfect for me anyway. I can write email all day while I'm snacking on corn. <laughs> I mean, corn on the cob is delicious. It is. Really, when it's sweet, like and it's in season. Oh. Think about all the flossing but, you'd have to do, though. 
Oh my God. So much flossing. And you have to shuck all of it every time. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Your refrigerator is just stacked, stocked with corn for 365 <laughs> days. You just keep the pot boiling all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just dropping corn uh, in. That's okay. Well, you put it into terms like anytime you speak. So if you, and if you don't speak, and I might go for, I might go for like three days at a stretch where I don't talk to anybody in two days. Yeah. One day for sure. Uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, God, man, I get, maybe I'd go for the yelling. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, there's times when the yelling would be great. It's like I said, you adjust your environment. If you're on a mountain bike ride with your friend and you're going to be having a conversation, you're going to be speaking at an elevated tone. So, yeah, there you go. And they just know not to have a conversation with you until you're on the ride. I just think three days into eating the corn, you'd be fucking tired of corn and you'd only be you'd be less than one one hundredth of the way through. <laughs> what I think. I think on okay. day three, you're eating the corn. You're like. This was the wrong choice. Like just day, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then like this is only a that, tenth of the month. To get out of that, then there's this whole other would you rather, and that does involve sex or poo. Which is what? And then you're fucked. Huh? What do you mean there's an, another one? To get out oh, of to get the out. Corn. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. like then, yeah. You, then you're faced with the real gross challenge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got it. It's a lot of pressure, but I'm going to. Because now that now like some mystery, some guy with an Eastern European accent is going to show up to my door with a box and he's going to be like, this is for you. And then it's going to be I'm going to be forced into yelling for a year. Uh, so I'll say I'll say yelling. Yeah, that's right. a good one. N nice work. We're going to close out every episode with a would you rather. Yeah, that's my point Going forward. Sick. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, fuck, man. Nice work. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Revolting. Uh, if you have questions for us or topics you want us to pontificate on, email me uh, at Stevel at Cycling Independent. Also, the message in message from a bottle uh, article on the Cycling Independent. You can email me. I know how to get my emails from that email address now. Uh, I think I've been doing that for a year or so, <laughs> maybe. And I no, well, maybe ten months. And I'm yeah. just now learning how to get my emails from that inbox. So you can email me questions there also. Uh, if you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on Cycling Independent, please consider a voluntary paid subscription. It's currently the only way we have to pay ourselves for the price of one top ramen a day that you don't get to eat. You could buy Robot or me another top ramen that we get to eat. And uh, I know it's probably a little bit unscrupulous, but... Um, uh, because my other, my day job is all hail the black market. And I would like to pimp the advertisers that help me keep the lights on there. Is that, can I do this? Yeah, do it. I don't know. Let's just say we're independent, but uh, we we're independently supportive of our friends. And does anyone advertise with you who isn't a friend of yours? No, no, they've all been, they've all been contacts supporters or something of some sort and there's been a long list of people over the years and it's kind of a rotating cast of freaks there's some people 
Uh, fuck. Soul Run has been there since the beginning now for 11 mm-hmm. years, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura makes these really cool tool rolls, belts, dog collars, makes all kinds of shit in her little sweatshop out there in Moab. Uh, Mission Workshop has been super supportive and they make dope shit as well as, you know, bags and such. And they do also do acre supply makes a whole array of really badass cycling clothing. Uh, Banjo brothers in Minneapolis. They've been awesome. Shimano has been super supportive. A sticker robot sticker guy and sticker robot. I get all of my stickers made from them, but sticker robot has been uh, super supportive. Uh, Squid bikes. Um, uh, this Emily. What's yeah, her last Emily. name again? Kacharika. <laughs> Four K's. Um, uh, the uh, Portland Design Works. Oh yeah, Eric. And yeah, and uh, this hilarious guy who he runs a bike shop down in Van Nuys called um, uh, Atomic Cycles. He invented a board game. Called the Game of Truth, and he's oh, like, yeah. "Hey, do you want one of these? Would you play one of these?" And I'm like, "If it says I have to play with six people or something, like I don't even know six people." Um, but he's a funny character. He does like coaster break races down there, and he's an artist and runs this kooky little shop and invents board games and just total nine ball. But they've all been, uh, you know, they've all gotten on board and helped me keep the lights on. So I appreciate that. And if you want to throw them some love, head to the site, the All Hail the Black Market site, and click through. Uh, right on. So, that said, um, on behalf of Cycling Independent, we are Robot and Stevel. Stevel and Robot. Yeah. Try not to be forgetful. Don't be forgetful. Oh, you know what is very important is to not forget. What is that? Don't forget to suck it. Oh, yeah. (laughs)